Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Hello and welcome to episode 35 of the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. Managing to do back-to-back weeks this week, so 90s Mike will be sat at home very happy with himself. Uh, number one fan that isn't in North Bergen and this week we've got ourselves three guests which I'm very excited about we'll start with rest to be farm regular Matt how you doing Matt all good I'm in the Christmas spirit and I'm ready to talk wrestling yeah <laughs> yeah they sound on my checklist they're the two things we need <laughs> <laughs> at least at least one of them maybe the Christmas spirit isn't as essential unless it's one of those really awkward diva Santa outfit wrestling matches. <laughs> Maybe not essential then, because that's what... No, no, I'm joking. Um, yeah, no, all good, all good. Lovely stuff. Next up, for the first time ever, we've got Audio Man Phil entering the real podcast, not just in the back end. Front end Phil. How's it going? Front end Phil. Yeah, good, <laughs> mate. Thanks for having us on. No problem at all. Happy to have you here. Looking forward to your first entry into Booker Bingo later on. Christ, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know they made me not come on because I thought I'd do it. To be honest with you, they were pretty shit, but I'll I'll do my best. <laughs> Please do. It can't be much worse than me and James's effort last week with Haku. <laughs> <laughs> I booked a Dean Malenko match without Dean Malenko in it. It can't get worse than that. <laughs> <laughs> Such a Dean fan, Matt. And last but not least, Josh Heedy's back on after a few weeks away. He's got a new AEW t-shirt. He got COVID. He's got it all. How you doing, Joff? I'm all right, mate. I'm just wondering if we're going to be able to top our book of bingo of Zaya Brookside and the TV show Brookside. That was a good one. That was a genuine... That was an epic, yeah. (laughs) See what it throws up this week. Let's crack on with the call-up sheet. Fair few entries this week, so let's start with the UK kid. Is that it? That's it. <laughs> I have nothing. <laughs> to me, it sounds like Undertaker addressing a new wrestler, going "UK kid." <laughs> so <laughs> that's all I have on the subject. So maybe he's a rookie, and the whole UK thing is just a swerve. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go off the the word kid and focus on not the obvious, like the dynamite kid, but more the East Slater gimmick where he has kids. And instead oh, yeah. they're all just like, it's a wrestler, but with loads of like British stereotypical kids. So like you've got a chav <laughs> and you've got like a posh person, you've got a northerner, a southerner. Get his own little faction of kids going. <laughs> Sounds like, um, like Triple H with NXT UK. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with our next option, which is... Lars Wild from Highland, Illinois, who also goes by the name of Sitting Sideways, and his profile picture is a sideways photo of himself, which is pretty great. <laughs> well, if he's sitting sideways, then maybe he likes to walk on the wild side. That can be uh, an idea. The wild side is the side on yeah. this arm. There's some side in there, I don't know. <laughs> he definitely does a sideways slam as his finish, right? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. 
Those catchphrases obviously take a walk on the wild side, don't they? And then you kick the crap out of you. Absolutely. Or just sits down and stares at you and you freak out and run away or something. <laughs> His Lars, first name is Lars, so... Lars Wild is a great name, actually. It's like a yeah. TNA name. I like it. Uh, <laughs> next up, we've got Chaos Rolling, which is spelled K-H-A-O-S. And he's clearly a fan of um, The Hangman, as his uh, Twitter profile says, Buckshot Lariat. He's an intelligent man. Yeah. Anything for Chaos Rolling? I mean, maybe he's, he's got to be nuts. He's got to be nuts, isn't he? Chaos rolling into town, etc. He's coming is he in. Just, yeah, is, is he just like a crazy fan of the New Japan group Chaos? Yeah. And he's so obsessed with joining this group that he's named himself after the group. I like it. I also like the idea of um, he's the guy that um, went after Seth Rollins. On Raw, he's just crazy. Oh, no. <laughs> oh no! Chaos rolling. <laughs> oh jeez. Um, two more. We've got Kara Kaz, who's known as Kara Twin One. She's a music lover and a, and band wife. She supports local music. Um, she's big into AEW and she's Team Kenny. Boo. She's her own twin. She's actually schizophrenic. <laughs> Twin magic. Twin magic. Well, yeah. So Kara is one character and Kaz is the other. Yeah. You never know quite who you're going to get in the ring. I mean, she changes tops Mid-match. halfway through the match. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. It's almost like a Bray Wyatt fiend situation. Too yeah. soon. Too soon, Ross. Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, let's go with Hayden Hall who um, is a fan of Raw, NXT, SmackDown, and AEW. So he loves all, all the wrestling. And I'm assuming that maybe he's just, you know, part of the Scott Hall clan. That's what I thought, yeah. Or Gillian Hall. <laughs> let's, not, let's not go there. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe because they are a fan of all the majors, maybe that's the gimmick, that they are on the indies, but just desperate to get to the majors, getting that real piping hot heat by bringing up their love for the majors. Yeah, doing like all the... Um, like doing the AA and the Superman punch in indie matches and things like yeah, that. Yeah, calling it the oh. universe, wherever, whatever company <laughs> yeah. there is. Thanking the universe for the great reception. <laughs> Want to thank the PWG universe. <laughs> Bit of Cardona. Yeah, just rip off Cardona. <laughs> That's it for the call-up sheet. Thanks, thanks for everyone for um, asking for their new character i hope that you're happy with them and we'll be in contact to let you know that you've had your shout out so without any further ado let's get into what the nerds are watching i've been watching you a la 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 long a la 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 long 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 come on a la 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 long a la 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 long 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 so this week we've got mr aew on in terms of josh I'm thinking, Josh, did you want to maybe start off with AEW in terms yeah. of Dynamite and Rampage? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy just to run through every, well, briefly everything. And then if you guys want to ask anything or pick up on anything else, then we'll stop at there, various points if you want. Perfect. Sounds great. Um, yeah, Dynamite, we had the... Quite brilliant, Brian Danielson, oh, yeah. beating up, smashing the face in of another member of the Dark Order, which is quickly becoming my favourite thing in wrestling at the minute. Oh, 
He's just really good, isn't he? He's fantastic, isn't he? Um, yeah. I know that me and James waxed lyrical about his heel work last last week, and it's just been more of the same, hasn't it? And it's not just his work in, in Ring either, it's his promo work as well, isn't it? Yeah, I, I always thought that his um, his Planet Champion stuff was actually better than his run winning the titles at Mania. I thought it was his best WWE work, and this work just been on that level for me. That's a hot call, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm with it, though. I'm with it. <laughs> I compare it to, like... Um... That Brian thing, I've seen that about actually a lot of people. I think it's a bit like with um Hollywood Rock, right? Like they just yeah, had oh a, I oh I'm it's the that same kind of that thing, well. isn't it? They just yeah, had a great well. run, and like because it was such a hot short run, you just kind of think of that great thing over the the longevity of the journey on the other one. So yeah, I, I can see it. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same on Hollywood Rock as well. By the way. I must admit that I haven't seen too much of Angels previously, but my massive takeaway from it was how well he sold the heel hook. I thought it was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Angels is really good. I mean, his debut match was against Kenny Omega. It probably is his best TV match. Well, this one with Daniels, uh, Danielson, I think was really good. I thought they could have showcased Angels a bit more. They gave him a bit of offense and then Danielson batted the crap of him and won, which is kind of, Kind of, you know, the angle they're going for. He's just beating yeah. the crap out of all the Dark Order members really quickly. Yeah. Which is cool. Danielson is awesome. Who doesn't want to watch Danielson? So we've had him attack Colt's tooth. We've had yeah. him attack Angels' um, knee. So is it going to be some arm work on Silver this week? There's every chance. There's every chance. In his hometown. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then he's going to try and beat the hangman in the home of the Cowboys, which was quite clever. I don't know if he did that on the fly, but that was, that was quite clever that they kept that going. <laughs> and I know that, that we bleat on about this every single week, but how much better is it that, that the crowd play along and boo him? Oh, like we said, Ross, the last time I was on, it oh, just yeah. makes it, just makes the whole show so much better, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, imagine how awkward it comes off if, in this situation, Dark Order are getting booed. Like, yeah, just, just like, you're trying to tell a story and, and the crowd are just, making it awkward you know yeah yeah rest of the show um we had the the whole storyline with cm punk again not struggling but maybe giving more than basically the storyline for people who don't know is that cm punk is is having these matches with people who are supposedly not on his level but he's not he's having like competitive matches with them and it's fine they're all good matches but mjf's kind of using it kayfabe wise it's like a a stick to beat cm punk with but the positive side of that is that we get lots of CM Punk wrestling, which is still pretty fun, even in 2021. What I particularly like about it is that, as Phil pointed out um, earlier, that um, the story is, is you know, that um, Brian possibly isn't giving enough to these wrestlers and actually Punk is giving too, too much. much. So yeah. it's actually like, a, like it's actually an interesting story, isn't it? Like rather than like telling the, the uh, same story twice, Danielson's ready. And his championship matches next week, whereas Punk is still getting off that that our ring rust. So you know he's he's telling good stories. That's, yeah, that's a really good shout. I I noticed that before you said it. And the I fact that they that. they did these two matches back to back as well, pretty much on Dynamite. Yeah. What did you guys make Sorry, of MJF on commentary? Did you find it? Did you find it okay, or did you find it kind of Michael Cole with Daniel Bryan in early NXT? <laughs> MGF talks I'm listening 
<laughs> he compared himself to Bret Hart. <laughs> he's yeah. so great. He's Bret Hart in Canada, like he's a he's a genius. I fucking love MJF. Pardon my French. <laughs> he's the best. He's the best. That um... he makes you hate him so much. <laughs> you just want to see was... him get battered by Wardlow. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Then there was a match which I feel like should have been sponsored by Wrestling Should Be Fun, which was Darby <laughs> Allen and Sting against the uh, the Guns, which was absolutely tremendous fun. I can't, I can't, still can't get over how absolutely enormous Billy Gunn actually is. I'm a nice man. Oh, isn't he? He's a big man. Yeah, I'm a nice man. Yeah. Yes. Gigantic. Um, I remember seeing him at an indie show in Stevenage. And he was the biggest person in the room by about two feet. <laughs> Ridiculous. And like Sting's not a small man, but he stood next to Sting and Sting looked like, yeah, a lot smaller. Yeah, yeah, good few inches shorter. Yeah. Well, the match had... itself, obviously, um, it was basically a, a highlight reel for um, Darby Allen, the one guy in, in there that was able to really move. Yeah. And Darby <laughs> Allen was doing Darby Allen things and... Yeah. Trying to kill himself, the the tope that he did on last that Wednesday was, was insane. But yeah, what I found quite interesting as well was like people love Sting so much to the point that like he came in, missed a Stinger splash, and then tag and then tagged out again, and then the crowd are going, <laughs> "You still got it <laughs> because he's Sting. Yeah, we don't, yeah. We don't care. <laughs> we do not care." <laughs> Oh god, what guy? Yeah, what else we have? We had um, Ruby Soho and Statlander. That was that was all right. And then I get, I guess we should probably talk about Cody Rhodes trying to kill himself in Atlanta again, shouldn't we? Yeah, kill himself, but nearly killed Andrade by setting them on fire. Yeah, yeah, he tries to like Cody has a habit. Like last time in Atlanta, he jumped off the cage, didn't he? And this yeah. time he's 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 going for a table. Yeah, and like I thought the golden shuffle that he pulled out was going to be enough. And then they did this insane spot at the end. Yes. So... If, you, if you think about it, if you, you saw him at the start of the match with that weird stuff all over his back, yeah, he kind of had some sort of yeah. flame retardant stuff, wasn't it? Because Andrade had it on his chest as well. Well, it didn't bloody work, skirt. did it? No, it didn't bloody work. <laughs> you saw, if anyone's seen the pictures of Cody's back online afterwards, it definitely yeah. did not work. No, it didn't. It stuck to him, wasn't it? Yeah, it was horrible. Um, and then, like, ugh. the funny thing is. Obviously, like you said, when they do the spot and Cody goes for the pin, he's still on fire. And yeah. The ref doesn't go any closer yeah. because he doesn't want to get burned. Cody obviously is so desperate to get cheered that he throws some stuff into his matches, doesn't he? In terms of yeah, you know the the little digs at Triple H, like how you said about the insane cage moonsault that he did yeah. last year. This time it's yeah. a this time it's a flaming table, and it worked to a I'm, point. Yeah, but, I feel like. Um, um... But my one thing that I think that they just screwed up was why did they choose to, to do that move when clearly, just operationally, it was never going to send Andrade through the table. It was just going to send Cody through the yeah. table. So all that it does, <laughs> all, all that, that wrestling, did, that's why no one thinks about these things. All that that did was make Cody look like a badass. And which is kind of what Cody's about, right? Yeah, and, that's the idea. Andrade looks like a massive lemon through, like, I, like getting pinned after really yeah. not getting hit at all. Well, like I said to you last time I was on with you, Ross, Cody is 
genuinely, he is AEW's John Cena. And yeah. I like Cody, don't get yeah. me wrong. I, I love the guy, but he, he kind of is, isn't he? Yeah, he totally is. Yeah. yeah, he knows that he does know that. Like, yeah, I, personally, I think that the flaming table spot was pointless. Oh, it, it was way it, too much, especially absolutely on this not, not needed at all. You think of the ones that were done, the Dudleys in ECW, that was done for effect for a good reason. Yeah. Cactus Jack against Edge, WrestleMania, that was done with a reason. Yeah, this, there's no need for this. All the Cody ego trip. That's <laughs> well, what I think. well. You said it. You said it. <laughs> I said oh, it. I'll keep saying it. <laughs> the only reason I'll, I'll kind of let him off is isn't Cody's thing that he's a showman. Oh, it's like, the Cody show. This, yeah. yeah. This, yeah. Like if if you went, oh, there was a flaming table spot in one of these matches, and you listed off the card, hundred percent, I go, oh, Cody's definitely done that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so as much as I agree that, as much as I agree that from a story point of view, it's probably illogical. I guess Completely. Cody Rhodes thinking, how can I upstage everyone? It yeah, like really ridiculous that he would pre-plan. A yeah, table, I guess every every big Cody match, you're gonna get a thing, whatever that thing is. I don't know, but you're gonna get something to remember it by for sure. Yeah, and as a match, it was a good match. Yeah, it was good. Um, but everyone will only talk about the finish. Yeah, yeah. Also, talking about um, how big Billy Gunn is. Also, how swole did um, Andrade look in that shirt? He was bursting out of that shirt. Bloody <laughs> hell. I actually, uh, I actually hate his attire he's wore since he's gone to AEW. Those trousers, I actually yeah. hate them. I just w- wish he'd go back to the like the tights type thing he wore. Just doesn't yeah. look right for me. Like obviously, Billy Gunn was fired from the WWE, right, for yeah. like anabolic steroid use, and he's been yeah. quite open with the fact that he sees nothing wrong with using it in a professional wrestling capacity where it's not actually a sporting event. There's no sign in like I'm like. <laughs> I'm not saying that he's definitely using now, but you would have to imagine he's probably using the, the bloody size of him now. Plus, I see that how much bigger Andrade is at the moment. Well, he's, he's, he's got more free time on his hands if you read uh, the internet. So, like, <laughs> has, has AEW got, like, a wellness policy with that sort of thing, do you think? Or do you think it's one of those things where... It's never been mentioned, does it? No, it's, it's not been mentioned, really. No. Yeah. Are we talking about the company that has Brian Cage possibly not encouraging? <laughs> I mean, come on, lads. I think it's a, it must be at user's discretion if that lad's getting away with it, right? Yeah, I, I, I could run through Rampage in literally two minutes if you want. Yeah, um, man, do it. Um, I must admit that I, that I haven't seen it. So Rampage basically, yeah, is, is pretty much the same formula every week. You get um, some promos, some promos for Dynamite, and then three good but very different matches, hmm. um, all spaced in an hour, basically. And so, what was on this week? This time we had um, Sammy Guevara and Tony Nese in the opener. That was pretty good. Is that Nese's had... first match? On... Yeah. yeah he's on, been... on the main show, yeah. On main. He's, he's been, been on, on Dark, Dark, which right. literally nobody watches. But Jade Cargill won a squash. Blasted literally seconds. You don't need to say much about that. And then the, the main event was pretty good. It was FTR against Pentagon and Park, which was as, exactly as good as it sounds, really, apart from the, the very heel-heavy finish when you had Malachi blinding Pac's other eye and then one of FTR, I think it was Dax, tearing off Penta's mask. So, Oh, wow. So, yeah, lots yeah, of well, heel yeah. heat at the, end, at the end of Rampage. Nice. So now Pac's got zero vision. Yeah, Apparently, yeah. Completely blind, yeah. Yeah, he's fine. He's blind deck. Um, 
Uh, <laughs> oh my. As a reference to the kids listening. Um, he doesn't even say deck, does he? Because that's not the name of the character. Um, no, as, can I ask a, a question about AW in general? Uh, yeah, Because I've not been watching since uh, the pay-per-view. And I just yep. wondered how the uh, women's tournament's getting on. The Ruby Statlander match I mentioned was um, one of the matches. Quite a final match. Yeah. So the bracket, I think, is... Oh, I can't remember the, the way around it is now. I think it's Jade and Thunder Rosa yeah. in one semi. And then the other semi is Ruby and Nyla, I want to yeah. say. Yeah. 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 Some of the matches have, have been very, very good. Mm. Um, the Nyla Rose match against Sheila was very good. The Sheila match against Deeb was very good. It was um, excellent, yeah. You could argue, actually, that now she's out, the standard might actually drop, which is a bit of a shame. <laughs> yeah. The problem is, I kind of think they want Jade Cargill to win, but she's, oh, yeah. like, ridiculously green. Like, ridiculously green. Yeah. I think it's we called it when the when the tournament was announced, I think, in the episode think, that we did there. Like, the match that kind of, not scared me, but the match she had with Red Velvet was, like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... The sooner they put this title on Ruby Soho or Thunder Rosa, the better. I think it's definitely going to Jade. I mean, she, her look is money. Yeah. She looks amazing. And her finisher is pretty cool, but she is still green in the ring, and they, they know that. Hence yeah. the soft matches. Yeah. If there's one area of AW that is kind of weak, it is the, not the depth, because they've got lots of good wrestlers, just the, maybe the, like, you've got Britt, who's at a level, and then, like, realistically, other than Thunder Rosa, like, who's going to beat her not too sure at the minute yeah so that's the only problem i'd say with aw that they've got at the minute if only there was lots of free agent talented female wrestlers about <laughs> <laughs> it's been like that since the start with aw's women division yeah there's, there's yeah a, the champion they, the best and there's like who could get near them to yeah. be um, captain to positive about it i guess like maybe you could hope that now kenny's taking a break is he always talked about uh having a real hands-on approach with that division maybe it will get a boost especially with the other belt but i don't know yeah, we'll see. That, yeah. Eternal trust in them. So that's yeah. AEW. Shall we move on to War Games? Yes, please. I'm up, so that is not realistic. Shoot my shot, then I check the ballistics. Shoot my shot, then I'm on to the next one. Shoot my shot, no stress when I'm sick. Yeah. Colin, I know that um, you came on almost specifically just to talk about the show. So, so did you want to take the lead on this one? Yeah. Can we start with the one ne- negative I have? Well, I've probably got a couple, but the main one. Um, yeah. Why has that Jiro geezer who wears the jackets now got a gimmick where he eats a lot of food and has a poo? <laughs> <laughs> right. Can I just ask? So I heard what? about this on Twitter, having not watched the show. What on earth happened? He ate a lot of food and then he had a poo. <laughs> that, Ross, am I right? Have I summed it up? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And I don't know. <laughs> is that actually his gimmick? Like, has he been doing that? Has he been eating a lot of food and going to the toilet? Is that like what he's been doing? I can't say that, that that he's been doing that recently, but he is like, <laughs> like he is obviously a comedy wrestler on on NXT. Um, but yeah, that was a thing that happened. Well, I had wow. to bring that up first because this is wrestling should be fun, and it, it was the one thing that I thought. <laughs> well, it's definitely fun, but I don't think this needs to be on the wrestling show. Um, to be fair to Jiro, like he threw himself into it, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. He's great. Like he he's one of them people I've not seen too much of him, but. I remember he turned up on a 205 Live, I think, first of all. And I just saw a picture and I went, I'm going to like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> he just looks a bag of fun, doesn't he? Like, he, he he does look sort of, um he drips in personality. And him and Kushida could be a, 
a really fun tag team if they have stacked them together. I'm led to believe, right? Um, yes, yeah, like team, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, that could be fun. But overall, I thought it was a pretty fun show. Um, probably not the in-ring quality of what uh, NXT Black and Gold fans would be used to. Um, but in terms of entertainment, I can't say there was anything that I didn't enjoy. I thought uh, both War Games matches were really good, had some memorable spots in, told some good stories between the new school and the old school. I thought Grimes and Duke Hudson was what it was, like, uh, again, a real fun throwaway in a way match, but uh, now gives Hudson so to do with anger and uh, Cameron Grimes still a key part of that show, which is great to see. That feud just makes me laugh because Cameron Grimes, out of that feud, has mugged him off on poker, mugged him off in wrestling, shaved his head, whilst Cameron Grimes has just got a nice tidy up. And looks yeah. like, a, like a thousand times better. <laughs> yeah. But um, it is a strange feud. Speaking of strange feuds, Carlo Riley and Von Wagner um, <laughs> tried to exist for the tag tiles. And that might have been one of the strangest heel turns, if that was a heel turn from Von Wagner, I'm pretty sure it was, that I can, can remember. I, um, it was so uh, odd. As someone who didn't watch the show and read this right, can can I read what I thought happened? I'll tell you what I read happened and you correct me if I'm wrong. So did the big guy turn on Kyle but then get beat up before he turned on him? Yeah, so basically Kyle <laughs> O'Reilly. I, I actually find it, find it really cool because so many times you see a turn and the guy who does the turn comes up on the winning end of it because he's obviously like, yeah, fuck this guy. But Carl O'Reilly's like, I've been fucked over by so many people recently that I knew <laughs> it was going to happen. And he had that like sensei <laughs> thing going on. Yeah. Did he and throw then, up a certain hand gesture as well afterwards? I heard. He said, well, tw- I he, been, yeah. he did the, un- the Undisputed Era and he did the DX Suck It. <laughs> well, yeah, the match his, con- his contract's up, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. isn't he, yeah. he going to get shipped off to AW after he loses his cage match? Is that like the idea? That's yeah. what people are saying, yeah. So right, that makes sense. Okay. But um, um, but but the match itself, how good are Imperium? Oh, they're ridiculous, aren't they? Um, <laughs> they're like so good. Um, yeah. But this is a wider point, right? For the the new two point I was going to say, and I bring this up with the Strong Gacy match, right? Not to move away from Imperium, they are fantastic. By the way, but this is a wider point, Strong Gacy. I was convinced Gacy was going to take that and have, have a bunch of fun, you know, making it an open title, and you know. Title. Yeah, making it inclusive. I thought that was like the obvious thing. But they've gone with Roddy, which doesn't offend me. You know, Roddy's a brilliant wrestler and uh, he'll have good matches with whoever's left in that division. But I'm this new them. 2.0, the champions <laughs> are Tommaso Ciampa, Roderick Strong, <laughs> Mandy Rose, Imperium. Now, I know the women's tag titles are on the rest of Toxic Attraction, right? But it means that four of the five belts are held by <laughs> black and gold. So it is a strange, like, that they've not really tried to shift away yet from... Yeah, but it is still, I know that it's coming. Like, I know it's coming. It is still early days, really, isn't it? What is it? Two months? Yeah. Into the transition? Yeah, I just thought like this was a real good, like, sort of open goal opportunity to do something and let one of their 2.0 guys have a run, a really nice, meaty bit of storyline, and they're kind yeah. of backed away from it, maybe. Was... But they obviously have plans with him and Harlan, maybe they're away from this belt. Yeah, so the one kind of takeaway, story, like, like storyline wise, because the match itself was fine, it wasn't anything. To write home about it was something that you that you'd probably see on the weekly show really but the one kind of driving force behind the match i guess is what happened with joe gacy being the kind of pacifier and stopping harland from getting ivy nile 
So what that makes me think is potentially is Ivy Nile going to become the next part of the cult? Maybe. Weird. Can yeah. I ask what cult this is? So <laughs> Joe Gacy is quite a divisive character on NXT. I, like I personally quite like it because it's quite fun. So he's basically like um, like a false prophet. So he tells everyone how he wants life to be inclusive and for everyone and the world should be great and made of roses, when in reality, he's a twat. <laughs> like, so imagine uh, like kayfabe David Starr. Do we need to mention him? Do we really Ooh. need to mention him? <laughs> well, we don't talk about him now. Yeah. Um, so, so he's managed to find this follower called Harland who's this like six foot eight monster. And it's just the two of them at the moment, but, but he comes across like a cult leader. So surely there's going to be more than two in their little group. So the fact that he stealths Ivy now from getting hurt by Harland could be the first step towards the transition from her, from um, Strong's camp to his, but I don't know for certain. Yeah. I mean, that, that is already, I mean, Harland is the size of four people, so I don't know if you've seen many people. Um, but yeah, the, I, I, I'm with you on the um, the character. When it first debuted, I thought, oh, this is this is weird. They're gonna, this is definitely gonna go down a strange route at some point. But actually, from what I've seen of it, it's a pretty good idea for a gimmick. Just see how they handle it. Whether they just start going, haha, look at these weird left things that are funny because they don't agree with my politics yeah. i don't want it to quite get into that that section but so far it has actually like you say stayed more in a cult leadery type of thing with a few little mansplainings and what was it he was calling war games conflict resolution was conflict re- yeah so good <laughs> conflict resolution so there's funny. definitely some that. fun there's definitely some fun to be had with that character definitely yeah yeah um so what was your um favorite match from the show Oh, nothing's nothing really blew me away that I think I'll go back and watch. But I thought both War Games matches had loads of great spots. W- would you agree, yeah. or was there something else? Wrong? Yeah. Whilst you obviously made the point about the people who currently hold the titles, obviously the the two wrestlers that made the pinfalls in those matches were Cora Jade and Bron Breaker. So, yeah, you imagine those are two people that they're going to put the rocket to a little bit over the next six or, seven, or eight months. Cora Jade's twenty, right? 20 years old, yeah. yeah. Very young. That is absolutely shocking. Um, yeah, they've really achieved so much. Obviously, they fired a boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, that was they... also a brilliant sell spot, by the way. Did they oh, use them on amazing. TV? Sorry, Josh. They used them both on TV as a couple, didn't they? For a week. Briefly, yeah. And then yeah. fired him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To go back to that sell, I know that now Io Shirai is part of the medical team. Um, <laughs> but, but the cell she instantly like she sort of just because she went she didn't straight away grab the arm right she laid there for a bit like oh is she all right and then she started holding the arm but went over to the side of the cage like it was a, such a realistic um cell job it, yeah i bought then, it i bought then, it then later in the match how she was only using one arm on the kendo stick and things brilliant yeah yeah it was only when io shirai turned into a medic that i knew it was uh <laughs> it was definitely false. Like, I, I was completely buying it. Yeah. Um, I also loved the uh, spot in that match where um, Raquel put Kai into a bin and then swung around to hit the rest of the team. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent stuff. And I thought that the, um, the finish in the men's match looked unbelievably good. 
do you subscribe to the theory that Brom Breaker is maybe the best wrestler ever? Because I do. He's so <laughs> So can I add good. I know my gimmick is I hate WWE, but I fucking love Brom Breaker. He's fucking great. Yeah, Terrible he's amazing. name, brilliant wrestler. He's awesome. You would imagine at some point he's going to beat Champa. It's just a case of when you pull the trigger, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't mind the story of him sort of getting shown up straight away. Like, it's good that he didn't right away win it, you know, because there is a little bit of a chase involved. Um, is he being positioned as a heel, Ross? Because I couldn't really tell from that. Man. Can I just chime in here? Because I watched 2000 WCW, right? And this storyline is straight out of 2000 WCW because you had the... I can't remember what they called the groups in WCW, but basically it was the old guys. Get, yeah, the New Bloods in the, the Millionaires Club, was it? Yeah. Yeah. So basically you had the um, the newer guys with the heels and the old guys with the baby faces. And it made absolutely no sense. Like in this War Games match, you've got Bron Breaker, who quite clearly has been positioned as like the guy. And he's on the, the quote heel team. Like, <laughs> just makes no sense. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I just think that for this story, they needed kind of... Just old versus new. So yeah. even though he's hanging around with the heels for the purpose of this, it's almost like the purpose is for the greater good. Like, and, and like once this is over, they kind of lose their togetherness, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's also quite interesting because obviously Breaker is technically in a feud with Champa, who's a mega babyface. So yeah, there is an element of to and fro, I guess, between who you support there. So I kind of give them the benefit of the doubt with that. Really, but I, but I do take your point that it would be clearer if it was just outright faces and heels because obviously Pete Dunne has been a heel for a long, long time. Ellie Knight's been a heel for a long time. Grayson Waller was a face for a long time when I was a heel. So yeah, it was a little bit messy. Yeah. But I think if you just kind of drop the kind of heel and face thing and just take it as old versus new, then it kind of makes sense. Carmelo Hayes is pretty great as well. He really carried a large section of that, obviously being in first. I think um, Hayes is going to be new guys much, Yeah. Hayes is going to be pretty much the last true indie signing for WWE, I think. Yeah. And he felt like a heel, right? Obviously, he bumped the ref when it would have been the finish. Yeah. So um, he actually did do a heel turn yeah. on like the second week or something of the new 2.0 with that yeah. uh, Trick Williams guy as his. I like him. Man. I've not seen loads of him, but every time I have seen him, I've liked him. Come on, Hayes. He looks, he looks good. Yeah. It's one of those things when you first come into a promotion and you're a babyface and you're a bit of a high flyer. It's really hard to kind of just be anything, but yeah, he's good at wrestling. Yeah. And then as soon as you turn heel, you get a little bit of a personality. And then obviously once you've become a personality, then you can go back to being a babyface and people will like you still. It's almost like it's easier to become liked as a heel, isn't it? He's also done the real classic wrestling thing of pretty much like he has a catchphrase that is the gimmick. Like, <laughs> he just says he doesn't miss and then he's really good. And like, he's the right side of like, you say about him being a high flyer and you can definitely see the way he wrestles that he can do a lot. But I don't think he goes over the top with it, judging on again, the small sample yeah. I've seen. He feels like he, he's still working as a heel, you know? Yeah, it was quite funny. Um, he obviously worked Pete down a few times recently and he did the Carmelo Hayes doesn't miss. And Pete Dunne was just like, you missed last week, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fine because he's a heel and he's allowed to lie yeah um my final point on the whole show is um how many promos there are for new guys and new girls that are turning up 
it was insane. It was like an ad break after every match, like three yeah. or four of them at a time. And that's what makes me think that Gargano is either going away just to be with his wife for a bit while she's going for a pregnancy and O'Reilly are definitely leaving because like there's going to be spaces opening up, right? Yeah. Yeah, sure. But, so as the person who doesn't watch NXT, can I, I've got a couple of questions. Firstly, do we actually know who this shaman fella is going to be for MSK? Surely it's Rob Van Dam, right? Yeah, I, like having watched a couple of clips online, like I can't think of anyone else who'd be better for that role. Can I tell you what froze me and, and just call me an idiot and say, you forgot this. They said tag team specialist. I don't think of Rob Van Dam as tag team specialist. I know he's won tag titles with people. Is he a tag well, specialist? Well, I heard some people say it could be X-Pac as well. He was another name. That oh, that's a great show, actually, isn't it? That is a great yeah. show. That's actually probably more likely with the Shawn Michaels road dog link. Yeah. Smart internet, then. He was a tag team specialist. <laughs> <laughs> well, they wanted the show to be more adult. Jesus. <laughs> internet get arrested for murder or something. <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's had a good few years. Yeah. <laughs> What was your other questions, Josh? Um, I was going to ask, like, obviously they're letting Gargano do a segment on Tuesday, aren't they? And I was trying to think, like, when wrestlers are, lose, are leaving, like Brian Danielson, for example, his last act was he got absolutely destroyed by Roman Reigns. So, like, if Gargano is actually leaving, I don't think they'd roll out the red carpet for him, surely. Unless, like, someone is just going to beat the shit out of him. It's not just one, isn't it? Because that normally would be my absolute, like, yep, that is, that is absolutely right. But... There are precedents, aren't there? Like Dean Ambrose was given like six weeks of a send off. Yeah, that was that was weird. Like so he never got to have the Nia Jax match he always wanted. <laughs> exactly. Well, maybe now that she's gone. Um... <laughs> <laughs> with my limited knowledge of what's going on with NXT, um, Champa and Breaker, could there be something with Gargano there? Either one of them turns on him, or he costs Champa the title to Breaker on Tuesday. Is it Tuesday? Even as a black and gold NXT fan, I don't really want to see Gargano Champa number 255, to be honest. I'm just thinking Gargano costs Champa the title and he's gone. Or Champa turns on Gargano and Breaker saves him or something like that. Yeah. I think it's going to be really interesting to see what the big announcement is. And I wouldn't be surprised if it is a genuine thanks for everything and a bit of a red carpet thing, because similar to Ambrose in terms of everything that he did for WWE... I can't think of too many people that warrant it more than Johnny. Yeah, I mean, without giving too much away from my roundtable later, if you're talking about, like, NXT legends and memories, I mean, Johnny Gargano's, like, at the top, the top isn't he? Yeah. Like, for me, as someone who watched, like, every takeover, he's, like, the top guy for me in terms of moments and memories. So, yeah, it could happen. It could be nice. Hope it is, anyway. For sure, yeah. I watched Raw and SmackDown, but there's not too much to talk about other than the fact that Sami Zayn is an unbelievable promo. Brock Lesnar's amazing as well. <laughs> yeah, and you put them both on screen at the same time when it's TV Gold. And Was that um, actually good there? It looked amazing from the, the bit oh, I saw. Yeah. Just pictures. It's like, what was the absolutely. Brock Lesnar doing like half comedy, half serious, was absolutely hilarious. And Sami Zayn was, yeah, amazing. Brilliant. The last time I saw Brock being funny was with the uh, the boombox thing, with the money in the briefcase, <laughs> yeah, yeah. which yeah. was hilarious. <laughs> Maybe yeah, this Brock is a yeah. success. Yeah, definitely. On a road right now that I can't predict. Tell me, tone that down, but I can't resist. Y'all know that sound, better raise your fist. The search begins. I'm back, so enjoy the trip. Huh?
And on um, Raw, there was just some some really good wrestling. Owens and Biggie had a had a good steel cage match, and Liv and Becky had a really good main event. Just a bit of a shame that the crowds, when you compare them to how into the AEW wrestling, it's just light and day, which is a bit of a shame because wrestling wise, I don't think it's too far off. Really, genuinely, yeah. To be fair, I did hear that Raw wrestling wise was pretty good this week. Yeah, but like a mixture of that you can visually see that, that the fans are just sat on their hands and then you hear the piped in noises. It just makes it so sanitised, like, Ooh. so annoying. Particularly with the women's match. Is part of it because, like, not in a million years was Liv Morgan actually going to beat Becky Lynch? You think that was part of it, maybe? Part of it, but, like, but like, but like they've built up Liv Morgan quite well on TV. She's obviously built herself up brilliantly on social media and stuff. There's, like, there's a clamour for her. Yeah. And then to turn the TV on and then do a big build-up and stuff and then just a bit nothing from the crowd is just so deflating like mm. if that was an aw crowd that were wanting I, I don't know say thunder rosa to win a match you would feel it do you know what i mean yeah yeah and that's the difference i think between aw and WWE at the moment that there's like there's not that kind of rabid fan base at the moment for wwe and that comes across unfortunately on the screen but th- would the way to kind of get that for WWE to do a match like that and then like pull Liv winning or something, like actually have a win or do something like that just to get the crowd like... It's difficult because I don't think that they did anything wrong in terms of the build. Like, yeah. And the crowd itself, well, just Liv came out and there was a bit of a cheer for her, but it's like everything that you see, on like it feels a bit maybe like when you're about to vote and you see all this clamour how like... Labour, 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 and and it's just maybe that, that that I'm in a wrestling Twitter bubble, and then the reality is that that's just not the reality, and you know, yeah. Labour get absolutely trounced <laughs> at the polls, and you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. And if you'd only look on Twitter, there'd only be one result, wouldn't there? Whereas in actuality, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's WWE. Um, so we go to. Um, can I just add one thing? Um, yeah. On Saturday. Ring of Honor, Fun of Battle, their yes, last yes. ever, technically last ever show as this yeah. incarnation of Ring of Honor. That's going to be where they crown Gresham, right? I think uh, it so. seems it. Yeah, it seems it. He deserves it. He's been amazing the last 18 months. Yeah. By far one of the best wrestlers in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd, um, I'd agree with that. I've watched little bits of Ring of Honor here and there because I kind of heard that we are in trouble. So, yeah, Gresham looks great. Whereas yeah. Bandido has been putting his foot in his mouth left, right, centre. <laughs> yeah <laughs> he was always a strange choice for champion anyway in my opinion but I know I was never on a bandido bandwagon like a lot of other people were <laughs> well he won he won bowler the other year didn't he in PWG didn't he win that he did no idea yeah <laughs> as like Mr Ring of Honor in terms of wrestling should be fun Phil what are your hopes and dreams for the promotion once they supposedly come back in April I honestly don't know I don't know if they will be back in April. If you've watched any of the latest TV tapings, Rick Abani's talking as if they're coming back. People like Sals Young have been on commentary are talking like this is the end forever. You know, right. a few of the wrestlers have already bailed. You know, Lethal's obviously gone over to AEW. Uh, Willow's turned up there. Um, the boys turned up at, on Dark. Josh Woods is on Dark. Yeah. So they've already lost a few of the wrestlers and Josh Woods was the pure champion, is the pure champion. Is that because like these guys know that potentially they're going to get a contract elsewhere and that's why they feel like it's by forever. Whereas possibly, I mean, a lot of them are going GCW straight away. Loads of them are in GCW now. 
it comes across like time for six months. Who knows? I, I honestly don't have a clue. I hope it's not the end because Ring of Honor, I've really enjoyed it since the reboot, the Pure Division, and everything like that. It's been great. It comes across like Ring of Honor is going to become almost like a super indie where they're not going to have people signed to contracts. They're just going to sign people to tapings or to, you know, like a, like a, a batch of shows. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's very risky. I guess that's the danger with that, like you say, is um, obviously if you try and book a storyline or a match and then at the drop of a hat, anyone can get like signed with WWE. Yeah, I guess, like, yeah, yeah. I guess what I'm like, I, I guess what I'm getting at there is that it's going to be a super indie. So it's going to be almost what Rev Pro yeah. was five, six years yeah. ago, where it's just a bit of a dream factory, right? We could say that, Ring of was like that back in between 2015 to 2018 because you had it was because I went from... to I, I went to several of their shows when they're in the UK and like some of the people the matches that I saw was like ridiculous yeah, yeah the, the roster because it was Ring of Honor New Japan they had people coming in from Mexico as well from, from yeah play or CMLL yeah the roster is insane it's kind of like what AEW have got now yeah so they're trying to keep branching into with Impact yeah. now with New Japan as well and AAA. Yeah. I mean, that's possibly the reason Ring of Honor has kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit because of AEW, in a sense. They took the wrestlers, they took the deals, they took the yeah. fans. The sadly ironic thing is, is obviously Ring of Honor played a huge part in um, setting up All In, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the trouble with Ring of Honor is it's ran by the Sinclair Group, who yeah. basically just want a one-hour show every week. They don't care. They don't care that it doesn't make money. If it never made money. It's a one-hour TV slot a week that they needed to fill. They never, um, they never invested in the company properly. I was reading recently talking about the VOD service, mm. um, that if Ring of Honor were to sell their archive to the WWE for the, uh, for the network, technically they would have that show. They would have All In. That's crazy. Yeah. But if they sell it, are they then saying, we are not reopening? Because then they don't have their tape library. But I guess like like they, they said back in, about WCW back in the day, the actual valuable asset was the tape library yeah they, they paid two million for a tape library else. yeah which is nuts when you think about what that tape library contains yeah we've said it before on here i think dom said it to death but if someone bothered to go through organize that library properly and make it all available it would be oh my the wrestling fans dream wouldn't it but for yeah. some reason they've never done it and their on-demand service is weird like, like I've always found it like patchy. Like there's a match here, there's a match there. It's like harder to watch the full shows. But maybe I'm just being a technophobe. It, it's they are difficult to find. They are there. You just you really have to look for them. It's the same yeah. with their shop. It's a terribly organised company in that sense. I've been watching the pay per views from 2015 to 2018, and it's just the talent that they've got. It's like my God, why are you not competing with WWE back then? Your yeah. matches are so better. And if you look at all the wrestlers who've gone to NXT and made it what it was in the last three years, they all came from Ring of Honor. Yeah. The first wrestling show I went to was a Ring of Honor show in Leicester, and the card contained people like um, Jay White, Leo Rush, Donovan Jijak, Adam Cole, The Bucks, Osprey, Skrull. Just yeah. name after name after name. And this was like 2016. Yeah. Crazy. The talent that's gone through those doors and they've never ever capitalized because of the Sinclair group, in my opinion. They just didn't care. Yeah. Which is well, a real shame. Yeah. Well, obviously, Tony Khan has shown how to kind of throw your money at it. And that's something that they've not just not been willing to do, have they? No, mm. never. Yeah. So we go to the round table. Hello. Yo. I, think, I think that's three silent yeses. 
So something that Brum brought up for a roundtable, even though sadly he's not here, was the fact about, do you think that the NXT TakeOver system is dead after seeing War Games? Or should it be dead? And then also leading on from that, um, just your favourite TakeOver memories, which is something that Josh wanted to talk about. Yeah, so I'll kind of like leave it up to you guys and then kind of link that one to my one if you want. Cool. Comment, did you have a take on whether TakeOver should survive post 2.0? I don't have any hot takes, no, because I don't really know why they wouldn't. But then you're going to be replacing them with some sort of super show, right? You presume if you want to get towards the model of having your superstars working towards programs that are then paid off on pay-per-view, yeah. then you would still want big... those shows in development, wouldn't you? So, Can I chime big... in with a stupid question? Sorry. Um, why wouldn't there be takeovers? Again, I don't, I don't watch it anymore, so I don't know why there wouldn't be. So just in terms of, I guess, like takeovers in front of 10,000 people mm. haven't happened since the start of 2020, I think. Is that right? Yeah. February 2020, Portland was the last like proper one. Yeah. And since then, they've been doing takeovers either at the CWC or at the PC or now. Um, I'm not sure exactly where it is. Is it full sale back where they're back now on Sunday night? So they don't quite feel the same as a takeover just on visual aids, but obviously from story beats and things like that. Is that purely a COVID protocol thing then? So I just main, think... Or main roster got prop, like, pro, I'm going to say proper in inverted commas, pay-per-views. It's interesting, isn't it? Because, yeah, like, mm. they could have been doing takeovers from the time that WWE went back to having crowds. Mm. To be fair, the very early takeovers were all in full sale. Yeah. yeah. But obviously... You've been conditioned to take over as being this, you know, that like they felt like special events because they were in, in full arenas, which is what the TV shows weren't. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, AEW do really, really well is they, Tony Khan promotes these things as, you know, you have to see this event. It's the next best thing sort of thing. Whereas NXT, I feel that if they don't carry on doing takeovers, even like war games this past Sunday felt like, to me anyway, like it felt like you have to watch the like watch the show and they didn't do a great job of making you feel like that. But I've been watching the TV shows. If you take that away, then all the NSC does is for people like Josh and Phil, they just get the impression that it's low tier and not like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah. I, I could push that on a step further. Are they slowly winding down NXT to completely call it? Is that why? If it was purely on the network, I think that that would be the case. But they've got a TV deal, right? So they're making money. There's yeah. no way they're going to renew that deal, USA, surely. It's doing all right, though, isn't it? The viewing figures haven't bombed the way yeah, they like, thought they were. I think it's like 600,000. Which was still right, what they were fair. roughly getting a lot of the AEW. Yes, it's not much difference to what they were getting during the when it was on Wednesdays. Yeah. It was never profitable. Has it always been a loser for them, money-wise? I believe Yeah. Yeah. So you could you could argue maybe they would wind it down, but they would still have to have some sort of development um, system in place. So yeah, that, I haven't really that is the PC centre, isn't it? Yeah. Without upsetting uh, Ross too much, I think if they're going to wind down any of NXT, I think we know what's going first, don't we?
Leave NXT UK alone, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, mate. I'll, I'll be honest, I had that thought the other day as well. Oh, I why, why are they still running NXT UK? Honestly, every time there's releases, I'm expecting just to see like the whole NXT UK, to be honest. And I don't want that to happen, obviously. But Connor, Connor's just gone now, hasn't he? Oh, that, yeah, that, this, this past week he put something out, didn't he? Yeah, Connor's um, jumped the guardrail at BWR and attacked Robbie X. And BWR oh. put out a press thing saying, Connors was backstage, he was meant to be there. We didn't know he was going to jump the guardrail. This is completely unexpected. He wasn't meant to do it. The kayfabe and the shite out of it. <laughs> Love it. And then Connors put up, uh, was posted up um, a video. Yeah, I saw that. I saw he put some up. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Probably not enough to win over James, though. <laughs> no, it would have to be an Oscar winning thing to win him over. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, takeovers. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to keep going. Uh, I watched we'll them. see, I guess. I watched them religiously from 2016 to August 2019. <laughs> do you think that if they did, say, three, like they used to do, was it three or four-ish? Four, yeah. Do you think that they could sell out a uh, 10,000 arena? Not now. I don't yeah, think they yeah. could now. The core crowd are the AEW crowd, aren't they? I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm one of them. I was NXT. Then I made no, yeah, I was the exact same. And I think that's ultimately why... They lost the Wednesday Night War because yeah. um, AEW Dynamite was just a cooler version of NXT. Yeah. If you, but if a takeover came to your hometown and it had Breaker Champa, two out of three falls, would you not go to it? I refuse to step foot in anything WWE related to now. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> I have moral reasons, but I'm sticking to them. Uh, Fair yeah, enough. Yeah, I'm the same. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, to be fair, if they do the break uh, Chomper match on like a, a big show, I probably will try and check it out. But but yeah, that'd be about it for me. Well, there you go. Do you want me to <laughs> link, link seamlessly into my roundtable then, Ross? Sure, mate. Go back in time to when you liked NXT. <laughs> so my roundtable was going to be linked off a, a blog I did, which was basically because I've noted that this was NXT War Games, wasn't it? It wasn't NXT TakeOver War Games, the actual name of it. So my try and make myself happy blog post I wrote was basically looking back at all the takeovers so like I, I went back and looked at the results and wrote about a paragraph on each so I kind of just wanted to have a nice happy chat about favourite takeovers and matches and moments and stuff go for it so my personal favourite takeover was New York because I just think it's like one of the best wrestling shows I've ever watched yeah just five good to absolutely absurdly excellent matches they had the the tag match at the beginning with War Raiders and Alistair Black and Ricochet. They had Machine Dream and Matt Riddle. <laughs> um, that was good. Matt Riddle was really over. He's really good. They had Walter and Pete, which was just fucking ridiculous, obviously. Oh, that match. They had a, a women's four-way with Shayna, Bianca, Io Shirai and my favourite wrestler, Kairi Zane. And then they had the and I don't say this lightly, I think they had the best match in the history of NXT with Gargano and Cole, two out of three, which is amazing because it wasn't even the plan three weeks before because obviously Ciampa got injured. Yeah, Ciampa got injured, didn't he? Yeah. And then we had the, the nice moment, which did make me shed a tear, I won't lie, when um, Ciampa came out the end with his neck brace on, which was lovely. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's probably my fave show, fave match and fave moment all in one, to be honest. Yeah, I can yeah. certainly say that, you know, I think Phil was about to, to say previously that like 2015 to 2018, he watched every single takeover, I think. Yeah, I was the same. 16 to 19, yeah. 
I was from Dallas onwards. Watched everyone. Yeah. Yeah, my first one, my first match, because I'd, I'd heard it about NXT, so I thought I'd check it out. Uh, Sami Zayn, Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh. I'd never heard so of Shinsuke Nakamura, to be honest. No, I was the exact same. Wow. I was what a match. From the entrance onwards, I was absolutely spellbound. Like, who is, yeah. who's this guy? He's, like, from another planet. Yeah. That's and amazing to hear, obviously, like... Fa- like yeah. fans of Shinsuke from his Japanese yeah. I've when... gone back since and watched all his stuff from Japan and stuff but but like that's amazing to hear though that like they managed to create that aura for a wrestler to someone that hadn't really seen them previously yeah and I think like yeah. given how much wrestling I watch now I probably won't have that feeling again but at the time I didn't really watch much outside of WWE so to not just watch NXT but see this guy who I'd literally like never seen before and he comes in and like has this amazing match was yeah it was great is that the same show where they had Alpha against F- FTR? Yep, that was the opener, yeah. That match is amazing. For my personal tastes, um, the two that come to mind are um, Chicago, Bait and Dunn, amazing. Yeah. Yep. Unbelievable. And uh, for me, it was um, the uh, Street Fight Champa Gargano match. I absolutely love that match. The sec- is that, is yeah, that the, the one with, the, one. with the, the exposed ring? Yeah, yeah, where he, where Champa won with a DDT whilst he had his um, he had, his hands were in handcuffs and he still yeah. won with a DDT. Yeah, yeah, great stuff. Yeah, that match just blew my mind. Yeah, what about you, Matt? Yeah, I mean, I I would go to a wider point of what you guys just brought up with Nakamura. I think NXT was probably responsible for me caring about wrestling outside of WWE. Um, yeah, I'm the same. I went to watch. I I sought out New Japan based off Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, I got back into wrestling in like 2012. And my mate John was like, oh, and if you're back into it, there's this other show, NXT, which at the time was on, I think, Sky Sports. And it was the early days when it was just it was, working yeah. to be yeah, on yeah. that 2013, I'm going to say. <laughs> like, we had the embryo of the uh, Wyatt family going on. You had, um, I don't remember, I think Rollins would just won the belt and I think Big E was rivaling with him at the yeah. point, maybe. You had- and that was the yeah, time, I never watched it regularly then or anything, but that was when I started taking notice of it as a programme. And it wasn't until probably... Um, I saw a bits and bobs of Bo Dallas's title run, and then it was the Kevin Owens coming in, uh, and that triple signing when it was Owens, Balor, and Hitami. I remember thinking, "Oh my god, Crazy. there's all these wrestlers everywhere in the world that are this good. I should probably try and get into some of that as well." Uh, and so, like NXT gave me that and that's why that is always one of my favourite takeovers I think the main event Neville Zane is held in high regard I think Charlotte yeah. Sasha is also on that but I just remember Owens' uh, debut and being like oh my god who is this guy and the turn at the end and even though I had no idea at that point of the history between Zane and Owens I was just like upset as much as I would be now with the the story arc and I, I knew none of the the 10 years previous those guys had gone through so that takeover always holds um, a high place I never I kind of went off NXT when it became, I became one of them grumpy people that got spoiled by the fact that every match was brilliant. Yeah. And wanted it to go back to the days when Baron Corbin beat someone in 30 seconds. Um, but, but like, I, I, liked I, Baron, I liked Baron Corbin then. I liked Baron Corbin yeah. NXT. Oh, his I liked it. was cool. His yeah. entrance was cool. And I liked yeah. that he squashed people. It was different from what was going on elsewhere in the, in the show. But now and again, they would have those 25-minute bangers that would uh, that would catch me in a good mood. So too much stuff off the top of my head that I remember thinking, these are insanely good. 
And I know you can talk about your Sasha Bailey matches, and I get why people love that. But for me, Asuka Ember Moon. Yeah. Their second one, the the near fall where Oscar kicks out of the eclipse, and the eclipse yeah. was like the most protected move in wrestling, is like one of the best near falls I've ever seen. Completely agree. That it was probably the got a, I think of. It probably got a bigger pop than the actual finish. Yeah. And um, yeah. I, I, I'm not the. I don't always drink the Kool-Aid on Johnny Gagano as brilliant as he is, and as much as I agree, he is the fabric of NXT. But his match with Andrade. In oh, Philadelphia, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was so, great. Yeah, those are the matches that come to mind. But there's like an absolute dick ton of great matches in NXT, right? It'd be, yeah. be here for another three hours discussing all the good ones. Black Dream is another one, obviously. Yeah. 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 My final point on TakeOver that, that, that I'd like to just quickly say is um, similar to... Um, my feelings a little bit with progress where you felt like you were part of something and it was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. The very first one uh, in New York where they did like an actual arena felt like you were part of something and felt like a huge moment. Obviously you had um, the Liger (laughs) match. You had even like blue pants coming out and helping the war (laughs) villain to that music, like, and hearing 10,000 people pop for it. Whereas you're so used to watching the same 100 people watching the weekly show. It was like, okay, so yeah, that like there are other people out there that watch the show and feel as passionately about it as I do. Yeah. There's something special in that, isn't there? And I, I, and I guess that's exactly what All In was, and then that became an AEW. Yeah. And it's I, don't, not- I don't think any of us appreciated at the time how absolutely absurd it was that Jushin Thunder Liger was on an NXT show. That's yeah. the most absurd thing ever when you think about it, like in history now. Yeah, it's it's up there with, you know, the CWC having Zack Sabre and Kota. Yeah, yeah. Happier times for NXT. Oh, well. There will be a, um, <laughs> there will be a podcast in 2025 years' time when NXT has become a whole different beast or has ceased to exist that will go back and do a retro viewing of those NXT years, say, I don't know, 2013 through to 19 or whatever. <laughs> and they... They will, even if it's still talked about, will not believe the stuff that went happened and how insane it was at time. And yeah. it will just blow people's minds to go back and look at it. Like you say, it was a hell of a run they did have when they were doing what they were doing. But I am like Ross, I'm still a fan of, of what they're doing now, even if it is throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. But <laughs> I, do, I, do I miss, do still enjoy the product. I, I do miss the gimmick of the people sat in the crowd. That made me laugh. Like, because it was really exciting. Because obviously, it's kind yeah. of what AW do now, where like, Who's going to show up next? And then the the, uh, the running gag with the uh, the lower third at the end of the show, like it would yeah. come down, you'd see that little thing in the corner and you'd be waiting for something because there'd always be something. That yeah. used to make me laugh as well. Yeah. And one hour wrestling shows, am I right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Run back. Or keep them yeah. going. NSC UK, mate. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's uh, the round table. I did have another one, but I think that we've been going for a while now. So shall we crack on with Booker Bingo? Do it. Yeah, go on. B-I-N-G-O and Bingo was his name Oh, I'm going to do a fresh one. It's the... First one that came up, which wasn't a spin, but it just comes up, <laughs> was Aiden English against Evil. I don't think that you want to do that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, let's see if, if we can get something better. Wow. Okay. 
we've got two huge stars in different countries here. Okay, so it is intergender for the first time in a while. And we've got ourselves Maiko Satomura <laughs> against The Rock. Oh, wow. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. <laughs> my, oh, my. Um... Do you want evil versus Aiden English? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad choice. I don't even know who the woman is. I'm just I'm literally looking up. Right, I know who it is now. <laughs> um, okay, I'm, I'm going to pick on someone. And as he's done it previously, I'm going to go with Con Man. Sorry, mate. That's all right. Which one are we doing? Um, do you know what? You can choose either one. <laughs> oh, it's unprecedented. We'll... Yeah, yeah. And then we'll lead off your choice. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I have no ideas for either, which is fantastic. Um, well, you're, you're level with me, then. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, God. I can't even think of anything to link these people. Where would I put it? Oh. Um, right, where can we go? This is abysmal. I can't even think of anything. And, <laughs> I've, and I'm the one who's done this about 15 <laughs> times. I've got one if you want, if you need to save us. No, save my skin. Right, so I'm not going anywhere near Miko Satomura and The Rock, by the way. I just had a thought for that one too. <laughs> right. Oh, excellent. Oh, we'll be all right then. We'll do both. Um... So can I go with Aiden English and Evil? Yeah. The few we all want to see. We'll put Bloody The Rock hell. and Michael Satamira back in the hat. All right. Then. So Aiden English sings, doesn't he? That, that was his gimmick in, um, yeah. in WWE. So Aiden English is singing one day, right, in a locker room in some promotion somewhere. I don't know where. I don't think it really matters. He does commentary for New Japan every now and then, doesn't he, on their US shows? Yeah. Yeah, we'll pretend it's that. Fuck it. Um... Anyway, Evil's, like, having a match and he, Aiden English is on commentary. He starts, like, singing whilst he's on commentary. And Evil's, like, he's fuming. He hates this. He's, like, trying to, he can't concentrate on his match because he's just listening to this guy singing. So, anyway, he goes up to him and, like, slaps the headset off of him and whatnot. And, like, Evil just storms out of the match. He's fuming, right? So over the next few weeks, this becomes, like, a running thing that keeps happening. And eventually, Aiden English is, like, no, 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 I can teach you to sing. So we get all these promos of like evil learning to sing. And basically, evil and Aiden English become a tag team of singers, right? Um, and that's their gimmick for a while, okay? Um, and eventually, evil decides that he wants to be the lead singer in the band. And that's when he turns on Aiden and they have a feud over who's the better singer. Uh, and that's that's basically all I've got, guys. I'm not going to lie to you. So you've got some kind of microphone on a pole match. That's it. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't give him material. That'll be fine. I like yeah, it. I like Tokyo it. Dome. Melts a little of it. <laughs> Next up, let, let's go with Matt. As if I st- would have an idea yet. Um, let's send them in let right like okay 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 Um, (laughs) I don't have an idea so all I'm going to do is have Aiden English um, coming into New Japan as you say 
And uh, he doesn't like the attitude of this this evil guy, particularly doesn't like the name. So uh, they're going to have a wrestling match, guys, uh, to settle their differences. And that is what I have. <laughs> so the difference is that he doesn't like his name. He don't like it. He really doesn't like it. No. So, so if he loses, he has to change his name to like Lively or something. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. Let's have that. Change it. He has to change it to good. <laughs> yes. And what's English bit like putting up? It'll have to be called like Aiden France. <laughs> well, I don't. I think he's happy to put Aiden English up because he's probably not called that now, is he? So he's probably a bit like, oh yeah, I'll put that on the line. <laughs> not my name anyway. Is. Yeah, I've got another name. I think he's Matt something, isn't he? So, not sure, yeah. mate. Yeah. I know that he's known as like King something on Twitter. There we go. Fair enough. So, so I have nothing. Like, it's awful. I really do apologise. I've got. So you're not entering me. into the Bullet Club or anything like that. <laughs> oh no, I don't want to see Aiden English. <laughs> the Bullet Club's already struggling. I don't know if he's going to help things. I'm absolutely. <laughs> Because I've got 155 members, that's why. I'm absolutely miffed that none of you have used Simon Gotch or, or Blue Pants yet. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Maybe I was going to. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm going to do the Rock and Thunder Samora. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Phil, so to try and win Booker Bingo for the first time ever, hit us. I'm editing this, so I can just I can just make it sound like anything I want afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, if you're ever going to win, this is the week to win. Oh mate, come on! I'm just you two have done it loads of times, so I'm doing it for the first time with these two. <laughs> All right, it's Ring of Honor. A few years back, Evil and Sonata have just uh, defended the IWGP Tag Team Titles. Let's say they def- uh, against Red Dragon. Why not Red Dragon? They get on the mic saying they're speaking in their broken English Japanese tones. We're the best tag team in the world. No one's better than us. All of a sudden, lights cut out. Aiden English, spotlight on him at the top of the stage. Shouts at them, Who do you think you are? Coming to my country. He's, we're, go, we're going there. We're going there. We're going oh, redneck. Oh. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. We're, go, we're going redneck. He's berating them. They're not the best in the world. They're not even the best in this arena right now. Silas Young comes out with Aiden English. They run to the ring. Evil and Sonata bail out. They don't want any part of this. This is going to go back and forth for a few weeks. You're going to get promos from Evil and Sonata in their broken Japanese and English language. You're going to get Aiden English and Silas Young giving it the redneck beatdown, interfering with their matches, trying to cost them the tag team titles. Evil and Sonata are going to get really sick of this. They're going to challenge them to a match in Japan. Aiden English, Silas Young, having none of it. They refuse, flat out refuse. So then Evil and Sonata are going to turn the attacking on Silas Young and Aiden English, costing them matches, trying to piss them off as much as possible to get them to come to Japan because that's their home turf and these rednecks are not going to be able to live up to it over in Japan. Cut long story short, Aiden English and Silas Young, their egos won't let them live this down. They go to Japan. They face Sonada and Evil. Evil and Sonada win by a mile, and the Americans are left running out of Japan with their tails between their legs. Well. That's what I've got. <laughs> that's absolutely great, mate. You've actually booked a feud, unlike Matt. 
<laughs> you have a wrestling match. <laughs> Probably the most realistic feud of the lot. So I'm going to discount Matt's. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> um, and whilst I did really enjoy the thought of watching some vignettes of evil learning how to, how to sing. <laughs> Unfortunately, I felt it trailed off a little bit, that feud, towards the end, Josh. So, Well, you know, there's only so much singing you can do, isn't there? So even though there's some, you know, some pretty close to the bone racial <laughs> unknown to, to Phil's feud, it, as it has a start, a middle and an end, I'm going to give the win. <laughs> Edit to Phil. My God. Well, thank you, thank you. What up, that? <laughs> Mate, if it had been any other two pairs, you'd have won. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I tell you, I was going to have uh, The Rock um, doing promo work for a, 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 his latest film out in Japan, saying he's the biggest star in the world, and then Satomura interferes, saying he's not the biggest star in the world, and fucking Kendo sticks him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. That would have made Fox News. <laughs> Well, that is episode 35. Wrestling should be fun. Any ideas on what we can call the episode? Aiden France? <laughs> <laughs> Aiden France is a great one. <laughs> Done. Uh, All right, guys. Um, is there anything that you guys wanted to plug? Um, I'm planning on doing a few more blogs for the end of the year. Um, one non-wrestling one. One where... I'm going to go back and watch the uh, the show I mentioned earlier, the Ring of Honor show I went to in, in Leicester. I've ordered that on DVD, actually, which I'm going to go uh-huh. back and watch and review. Uh, and then I'm going to do what I used to do for WWE, which is I'm going to do for AEW, which is look back at the year and rank all the, uh, the best wrestlers of the year, the best matches. And I was going to say best moments, but I think kind of know what's going to win that, don't we? So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyone wants to relive AEW from this past year, then then yeah send them my way sounds fantastic mate um Phil on anything from you guys now from me I'm not going to plug TV shows so don't worry <laughs> 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 alright well um, just for myself um, just to let the listeners know that um, by the end of the year we will have our wrestling should be fun votes in for the year end so hopefully we'll have a, sh- a show towards uh, Christmas where we can discuss our favourite parts of the year uh, so we're looking forward to that. We'll also do um, some voting on Twitter as well. Uh, so looking forward to that as well. And I guess the only other thing to say is to uh, drink lots of water and look after your mates. Right, Dom? <laughs> cool. See you all very soon. That's where you say bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun.